Hi, this is Mike McDonald, PSI writer here in Monroe, Michigan at Monroe Parole and Probation, where we're celebrating 200 years of Monroe. I'm recording this as I sit and type a report today, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. Got to get back to my reports. Here's the show. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined by Chris Gouts, the department's spokesperson. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well. Well, you know who that was that just opened up the podcast? That was Mike McDonald from Monroe County. We appreciate uh, you sending in an opening and, and celebrating, what was it, 200 years of Monroe County? So thanks, Mike. We appreciate you. And for everybody else out there, please uh, don't forget to send in your openings wherever you're at, if it's uh, if it's on vacation, if it's at work. So uh, yeah, just make sure you send in your openings. It's, it's fun. It's a fun way to open up the podcast. And what's what's our new thing this year, Chris? Shoutouts? Yeah, shoutouts. We need shoutouts too. So if you, uh, you've you heard one uh, last week uh, on, the, on the pod, and so it was a good example of what one sounds like. And so if you have a a fellow employee or you're a supervisor of some kind and you have an employee that's done something or just one of your coworkers, and you want to give them a shout out because they've done a really great job or they've done something that you think uh, the rest of the world needs to hear about, uh, let us know and send it over and we'll, we'll get it on the air. I want to give a shout out to Kamara Lewis right now. You know, uh, she makes this podcast sound halfway literate. So I appreciate Kamara Lewis and, and, and how she puts this thing together. So there's my shout out for the day, Chris. Well, that's, that's a great one. Although it's your staff, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give her a shout out. So, um, you know, we, I do want to talk about this, you know, there's, it's an, op- there's an opioid epidemic. We, we've done a heroin episode, um, or heroin series. And we all know that, uh, this is a huge epidemic across the country. And, um, and there's a, there's a, a medication, I guess, that, uh, that you can use to help, um, with somebody overdoses. If, uh, if you, use this medication it can bring them back and it's called narcan and i know we use it <coughs> inside uh, cfa facilities but you know foa hasn't hasn't historically had narcan available to them unless an agent has been trained and given the the medicine but um, foa is planning on getting narcan for every office uh in this this year so you know hopefully in the next in the next month or so we'll have um, narcan delivered to offices so they can have it on hand that we're going to train them and uh hopefully this this life-saving medicine um you know, will we'll be available to all of our uh, all of our offices, 105 field offices, Chris. So um, look forward to that, FOA. I just want to drop a little news so that uh, we keep everybody informed. But what do you have going on, Chris? Well, I'll bring you some uh, CFA news. And we had a really nice announcement that we sent out just after the new year a couple weeks ago. And that was that uh, we have partnered with Wayne State University uh, to provide uh, some uh, doctors to, to give some oversight to our healthcare system. So this is a really cool uh, partnership. Uh, I know the director and uh, Leah Gulick, our healthcare administrator, are very excited about about this. Um, under this contract, uh, Wayne State is going to provide us with a chief medical officer. That's Dr. McIntyre. So uh, if you start to see her around, uh, making her rounds as she goes and, and tours the state and visits the facilities. We also are going to receive a chief uh, psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Hussein, as well as an assistant chief medical officer, uh, Dr. Blessman. So um, if you see these folks out, you know, welcome them. Uh, it's going to be a really great partnership with Wayne State. It's going to provide us uh, a lot of tools uh, that we're really excited about, and we're going to explain a little bit more about that in an upcoming episode. We're hoping to have on uh, somebody from, from Wayne State, as well as Leah, to talk about this partnership in more detail and, and what it means for the MDOC uh, going forward. But uh, this was a, a long time coming. The director deserves a lot of credit for, for working with uh, the folks at Wayne State behind the scenes for a long time. Uh, 
this was in the works way back uh, last uh, May, I believe it was, when we were up on Mackinac Island for the Mackinac Policy Conference. And the first meeting uh, that we had with the director was with the, some of the folks from Wayne State uh, on the porch of the Grand Hotel where lots of lots of important deals are made uh, mm -hmm. during that conference. And this was another example of one of those conversations that got going. And then once we got back from the island, uh, it really took off, and we were able to put this together. Uh, and it's really going to do uh, great things for uh, the department. Yeah, this is that that is a very unique partnership, and you know we partner partner with Wayne State for some FWA things too, which is interesting. They 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 do a great job for us, and we appreciate um, working with them and, and and having a great partnership with them. So, Chris, today we're going to talk about a really unique kind of uh, unit that we have here at the MDOC, and I know they just celebrated recently. I know you talked about it on a couple podcasts ago. They just celebrated the thirtieth. 30-year anniversary, This the Honor Guard. Honor Guard started in 1987 here in the MDOC, and uh, you know one of our assistant deputy directors who just recently retired by the name of Bruce Curtis um, was a big part of um, rolling that out for the MDOC in 1987. So I'm, I'm looking forward to today to talking to um, the Honor Guard's commander, and that's John Cordell, and getting a little more information on the Honor Guard and just how unique and really, really cool. I mean, we've both seen the Honor Guard in action. It's how cool it is, right? No, absolutely. You know, we've been to a number of, uh, of events as well as, you know, <clears throat> I'm sure most of the majority of our staff have been somewhere where the Honor Guard has shown up. Mm -hmm. And they always do it with professionalism and class uh, and dignity. Uh, and they're a great representative. They're a great public face uh, of the department uh, when we're, they're out in the community or they're at very solemn events uh, that the Honor Guard is uh, typically uh, performing at. So great to have them on uh, and to talk about that and uh, shed some light on uh, the history of the Honor Guard. That's right. And let's figure out, Chris, how we can get... Um, on board with this to be a member of the Honor Guard, you want to? Let's figure out how we can. I think as well. I think as our listeners will hear, I don't know that we would technically qualify. Well, speak, speak for yourself, Gout. <laughs> speak for yourself. Let's let's talk to John and figure out how we're going to do that. All right, Chris. Well, I'm excited today to have on uh, a special guest who actually they just celebrated an anniversary, didn't you? We did our 30th anniversary for the Honor Guard. Yep. Yeah. So the, the, that that voice is John Cordell. Um, who leads the Honor Guard. So, uh, John, if you could tell us, kind of do a quick bio of where you've been. Sure. I uh, started with the uh, Department of Corrections in 1994, worked at uh, Huron Valley Men's when it was a high-security men's facility, went up to Carson City, was a sergeant up there, and then came into our training division, um, worked there for many years, um, had the, uh, the chance to work in our director's office for about seven years doing some fun public information stuff, which we all know is awesome in corrections, right? Said and Chris Gouts, uh, yes, said Chris Gouts. And then now I'm back in training division as our new employee training manager. Uh, been on the underguard now for uh, 20 years. So let's talk about the underguard, actually. Um, we, we have you on today um, because it is your you know, special anniversary, 30th anniversary. Um, but let's talk about what the underguard is. I know, I know people have probably heard what or the word honor guard, uh, but they may not know exactly like how you guys started, what you guys do. Um, so let's talk about that. So first, let me say thanks for being on field days. This is pretty awesome, and uh, you guys do a great job with it. So um, you're, not, you're not getting paid to be on uh, field days. Today, oh so. right, sorry. Yeah, no. I'll, you know, honor guard is um, it's a it's really an elite group of of uh, 32 awesome volunteers who come together to serve the department uh, in a variety of capacities and. You know, uh, their core function is uh, funeral details, ceremonial details, memorials, and things like that. But we get to do some fun stuff, too. So we do uh, parades where we're the public face of the department uh, in cities throughout Michigan. And that's really a time for us to get out and connect with uh, the general public. And a lot of times we'll do them in corrections-related cities so you know you have people walking down the street as as we're marching through cheering us on and you know we kind of get to wave and smile and, and have a little bit of fun 
Well, it's it's more than just fun. I mean, I, I, we've I know Chris and I have seen you, um, you guys in action many many times. You, you've come to the supervisor conference. You go to the employee appreciation banquet, and it is ultra impressive, right? Oh, for sure. Um, but uh, let's get into a little history lesson. How did how did the undergrad start with the Department of Corrections? So in 1987, unfortunately, uh, we had two deaths in the Department of Corrections, uh, both corrections officers, and uh, uh, so Josephine McCallum and Jack Budd. Um, were the first two officers we had lost since Earl DeMars, and we felt that we needed a, some sort of standing honor guard to be able to serve at these um, memorials and these funerals. And so um, Bruce Curtis and a small group of compatriots put together the honor guard uh, fairly hastily at first, and then it was codified into uh, the department um, by Dan Bolden, um, who was the deputy director at the time, and it's been a standing honor guard for the past 30 years, and it's um, the only departmental honor guard, uh, if you look through all the departments, including state police, uh, that is a standing unit that uh, trains regularly and is there for their staff and those who are in need. So what was it What was it like back then? You know, especially, I mean, I know it was kind of put together right, right away for Officer McCallum's funeral, but what did it look like? Compared to what it looks like today. Yeah, so in, in 1987, it was uh, pretty hastily put together. We actually used some uh, old uniform jackets that I don't even know where they found them, but um, they were kind of these blue Ike coats, waistcoat jackets, and um, I think there was only 12 people at the time. And, uh, you know, then it expanded. Uh, we expanded to 32 members, and really we, you know, we looked initially at, Okay, let's uh, get together, practice for these funeral details, and and uh, be able to get these done. And that was the primary focus. And today, it's we're it's a much broader focus. We do uh, many many things in the community. Um, you know, we've done everything from uh, escorting, uh, doing escorts of honor in Washington D.C. and meeting the president of the United States, all the way to you know doing. You know, local parades in Nagani and Saint Nick been pretty awesome. I mean, obviously, after that that initial uh, incident with, with in the, the death of Officer McCallum, clearly that's going to bring people together, and there's a real want and a need to, to, to do it and be part of it. But what do you think keeps people going and being part of it after all these years? Well, it's 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 a uh, family for one. Uh, when you get into it and you really put your heart into it, people want to be part of it and they want to be able to serve. You know, I think. I think that some of it is that um, when you are part of this honor guard unit, you really take it seriously. We we have a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. There's times where we can kind of relax and we get to know each other better and, and hang out and kind of embrace that family atmosphere. But um, putting on that uniform, there's a great amount of pride in putting that on and getting out there and showing um giving back, really, in a humble way to those people who have lost someone. So you said you had 30, 32 members right now currently serving? Uh, the units comprise of 32 members. We're actually a little short right now, so okay. we're about five uh, unit members short. We are uh, going to be interviewing in probably early February for those positions. So through January 15th or so, if you're interested and want to do it, uh, send me a resume, cover letter, and a recommendation of support from your warden or administrator, and we'll we'll see if we can get you an interview. See, John's a pro with this. Out. He already answered my question that I haven't even asked yet. <laughs> my, my next question was going to be, how, if I want to be a member of the Honor Guard, what do I do, which you just said. But let's talk about a little more uh, in-depth than that. What? So you select me. 
what do I have to do? What kind of training do I have to go through? What what does this entail? So, you know, first to get selected is uh, super difficult. So we have a lot of people who apply, and I don't want any of them to feel slighted that they didn't get selected. I mean, you're talking 32 people out of 13,000 employees that get the opportunity to serve. So when I say elite, I don't mean it in a elitist sort of way. I just mean that, you know, these are people who are hand-selected to do a very difficult job. So if you don't get selected, one, don't get discouraged. Come back, try again, you know, better yourself in some way and come back. If you do get selected, here's the expectation. Perfection all the time. So you guys probably look at us and say, wow, they looked awesome. And I look at us and say, there's seven things we could correct in what we just did today. So um, we want you to be of great moral character, uh, both when you're on duty and off duty. You have to be out there representing the public even when you're not in honor guard uniform. If I see one of my members, I expect them to be doing the right thing all the time in life. So that's the expectation. Now, <coughs> wait, before you say that, so Chris, Chris, you can go ahead and take your resume and just I was gonna, throw, I was gonna make the same throw that right in the garbage because I don't, don't think you're, you're going to make the team there. Chris is out. Yeah. Well, it happens. You know, we, he, as he crumples up his resume right now and throws it in the garbage. Yeah. So, so, so let's, say, let's say I do make it. Let's say Chris, let's say Chris does make it by uh, chance. Uh, yeah. We know it's not going to happen, but right. let's just say Chris does make it. Now what happens? Now what kind of training does he go through? Yeah, so, so now you go through about a year of training before you even put on the uniform and get out there in the public. It really takes us about six training periods for me to be comfortable as commander with putting you out in the general public and not, you know, and representing us the way I need you to represent us. So um, <clears throat> some people it takes a little longer. Some people who have had that experience of marching and drill and ceremony and being very focused for long periods of time, they're fine. They, they go out, and maybe I can put them out in six months with a established veteran member, and they do a great job. Um, but you're going to go through drill and ceremony. We're going to teach you to march. Here's the thing about Honor Guard. I can teach you to march. I can teach anybody to march. Um, I can't teach heart. I can't teach morals and values. Those things are either in you or they're not in you. So if they're not in you and you happen to make it, we're going to figure that out very quickly. You're not going to be part of the Honor Guard anymore. If they are in you and you can't march, we'll figure that out too and we'll get you to march. Well, talk about some of the things that the Honor Guard has done over the years. You mentioned <coughs> something about uh, the president and, and doing something in, in D.C. Yeah, we've done some fun things. Let me tell you about this one. It's a, it's a good little story about Gerald Ford's funeral detail because why not? We thought we should be there, so we crashed the party. So we go to Grand Rapids uh, and... We uh, come over there, we're in our uniforms, we're ready to go. We're the only standing honor guard for a state of Michigan department, right? So we think, I think, as commander, we should be there. So we go there, and we go to the Amway Grand Hotel, and we walk into one of the ballrooms, which is filled with uh, electronic equipment and techno people and CIA and NSA and whoever else A needs to be there, right? And we walk in, and I meet this colonel, and I say, Hi, we're from the Michigan Department of Corrections. I'm Commander Cordell. We need to be serving at this detail. And he says, well, you really weren't invited, but here's where it is. You're not going to be able to get to it. And I said, okay, but if I try and I make it, I make it, right? He's like, yeah, sure, try to make it. So he calls up and he says, look, we got an honor guard coming down there. If you can find a place for him, try. So we roll down. They, they move a big dump truck out of the way so that we can – and we literally drive right down to – 
100 feet from the church where it is. Park our car. I'm sure all the cars have been searched and scanned. And well, here we are because we're on a guard. So we drive up there. We get there. We line up. And two hours later, we are there at Gerald Ford's funeral saluting the President of the United States as he's carried to his final resting place. So that was pretty cool for us. I mean, that was a neat thing to do. It was impromptu, but I thought that's something the Honor Guard needs to be in. Some of the other cool things we've been able to do uh, for the past several years, we've done Police Week. During two of those years, we had honorees from the Department of Corrections. Uh, the family of Chad Charles was there, um, so we got to escort uh, the family. So it's things like that that you get to do, and it's a moment of, of difficulty and sadness in some ways because you're saying goodbye to your son. Um, but it's also a, a kind of a neat moment for us to be able to share with that family and meeting the President of the United States and being recognized for having lost someone, but in a unique way. I guess the other thing, that, too, that, that the Honor Guard does, and, and I'm sure some people are aware of it, if not most, but um, is when an officer dies somewhere outside in, in another state, and, and the fact that we send folks to, to other states. I think you had six uh, details <coughs> in 2017 to go out. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty special thing to, to be there for those. Yeah, those are pretty unique. I, I wish they happened less often. Sure. I wish we never sent anybody out of state for another officer's funeral. But it happens. And so um, Michigan has become known in that we show up at these things. Anyone that we can get to, we get to. So, you know, last year we went to uh, Delaware and North Carolina, um, Georgia, I think. And so... You know, we get out these details, and we get to meet other Honor Guard units from different states. And in some cases, they emulate us, uh, and that's a really prideful thing for us. Um, uh, we look at uh, uh, one of the other states out west that uh, actually came back to us and said, we want a standing Honor Guard. Can you please send us anything you have about it, all your information, even down to the uniform. So when we show up at a detail now, we see, uh, I want to say it was South Dakota, but we see them, and uh, they're in our uniform, and they're us, and we're them, and, you know, it really is this uh, kind of brotherhood and sisterhood um, to be with them. So that's a pretty neat thing that we get to do, and we got to thank our director and our administration for being able to support that, because they don't have to. We wouldn't be able to get to go if they did um, but they do, and that's pretty awesome. And we hear, you know, really positive things. I think it was the one in Georgia, but I, I could be mistaken, that uh, the governor of that state was at the funeral and noticed that Michigan was sitting there and, and actually talked to Governor Snyder about it and, and relayed to him how appreciative he was, and that got back to us. And it was really, really <coughs> special thing, obviously for the families, but for, for, for the governor and for other people to, to notice, well, Michigan's here, that's really unique, and that's really special. So, Yeah, that was a special detail. That, uh, that was actually in Alabama, unbeknownst to us, you know, the governor and, and attorney general of Alabama came over and shook our hands and thanked us for being there, and we didn't think anything else of it. And then we get this thing from Governor Snyder that says, wow, you guys did a great job, and we really appreciate it. That's high praise, and we're so humble. I mean, we don't expect any of that, and we don't really look for that at all. But when it comes, it's, I mean, those are things that we share with each other that kind of bolsters us up a little bit and keeps us going. So. Yeah, you know, and I can tell you just from my personal experience, um, you know, I've attended funerals where, where agents have passed, uh, and you guys are there. And I can speak very passionately about just the way that that looks and how meaningful that is to the families and how impactful that is to everybody who's sitting there grieving over that person. Um, to see our honor guard, that professional, 
standing there over the casket, um, you know, it, it makes a huge difference and it has a huge, huge impact. Just from my personal experience of walking in, I mean, it's, it's just amazing to see uh, just that view of uh, at a funeral. And it, it's, it's very, very, very impressive and um, it means so much. So, um, you know, John, I can't thank you enough for what you do uh, in the Honor Guard. I can't thank you enough for what you do for the, for the Department of Corrections. But, you know, the Honor Guard is an impressive, impressive unit. And, um, you know, we thank you, and we thank you for coming on Field Days today and kind of sharing your story. Well, I appreciate uh, both of you, and I appreciate uh, – I, I have to give kudos to my members yep. who uh, – they they do everything. I mean, they pull the slack. I give them all the tools they need to do the job, and they go out there, and uh, more often than not, they meet that level of perfection that I expect, and that, that's awesome for me to see too. So I appreciate it, guys. Well, hopefully when you get Chris's um, resume, we'll give, give it a hard look. And, uh, <laughs> we will. Yeah, we'll we'll give it a hard look, and if it ends in the circular file, it does. If not, we'll give him an interview. Is, is the, the circular file a shredder? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. sure. Okay. Shredder, wastebasket, yeah, either way. Well, thanks again, John. We appreciate it. <laughs> yep. Thank you. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.